Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's really lovely to be here and um, uh, to sort of come in different capacities um, is, is, is wonderful for me and I, and I really um, uh, enjoy my time with you. Now, that should be broadcasting. Is that broadcasting? Let's just check that. Yeah, that's great. So if I do this. Excellent. Okay, cool. So I reckon that we'll probably be okay. I found this morning um, uh, really difficult to prepare for, uh, partly because I think uh, the brief for this morning is to make sure that there's a clear teaching. Um, and, uh, and in a sense, if you'd have been like, uh, we want you to preach on evangelists, but here's the verse, here's the specific verse that I think that perhaps God would have led me to, uh, you know, a preach and, a, and, a, and uh, you know, that sort of thing. But this morning, uh, the, the, the thing that I feel that God sort of led me to is a, is a teaching about evangelists and being evangelists as a, as a church. And, uh, and so I found that difficult because I'm not a very good teacher. Um, and so God's sort of put me out of my comfort zone a little bit. But I hope that we'll have fun a little bit this morning. Um, and I'd like to start uh, with this on the screen. And so for those reasons, I believe the crankbait is the most versatile and fruitful lure you could possibly have. Well, that concludes this week's discussions. I uh, want to thank everybody for coming out today. And I also want to thank our newest member, Andrew, for showing up and joining us today. Thank you. Okay, so does anybody have any announcements or any upcoming events or dates we need to know about? Oh, oh yeah, we got the bake sale coming up on the 23rd, and we use everybody's help for that. Also, our uh, group potluck is coming up on the 30th, and it's gonna be in the main hall. And I will be bringing my mama's famous chili. That's right, that's right. 30th main hall potluck supper. Also, there's a great fly fishing seminar over in Monroe this weekend. Um, I'm gonna be carpooling, so if anybody wants to go, they just let me know. Tickets are $5, and the speaker is supposed to be amazing. That's fantastic. If anybody wants to go with Rick, be sure and get with him after the, the meeting, all right? Anything else you can think of? Yeah, I uh, question, what's our next fishing trip? And I have a new reel and I'm ready to try it out. Yeah, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You know, going fishing. Okay, what about this Saturday? Oh, it's, it's supposed to be like really cold that day. Next Saturday? That's the day of the bake sale and we can't miss that. Two weeks maybe, like on a Thursday I might take off. I have classes like all day. How about this summer? Fish like swim south for the summer? I gotta get my dog spayed. Also, I'm allergic to water. Helping my neighbor change all of his light bulbs. A high pollen count day. My mom had a really bad reaction one time, and I think it runs in the family. It's my dog's birthday. He's turning four. I just can't handle the sun. Do you even have your license? Do you have your permit? Could you tell me what's the difference? I got this blue card in the mail, and I'm not sure. I think it was a boating license, but I don't have a boat, so I don't know why they sent it to me. Has anyone here gone fishing ever? Huh? So nobody has actually ever gone fishing in a fishing group here. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It was nice meeting y'all. Good luck. Huh? Oh, hey. We still need to elect a potluck chairman. 
I don't need to unpack that, do I? Sorry about that. I don't need to unpack that, do I? There's something mildly ridiculous uh, about uh, that video, but it feels uncomfortably um, uh, real. And I, and, I, and, and I don't mean that uh, pointing the finger. Uh, I mean it feels uncomfortably real. This morning we're talking about the role of the evangelist and I feel difficult about the subject uh, for a couple of reasons and, and, and one of them is uh, based on a conversation I had with Keith Bowley uh, who as, as you know is my, uh, he's, a, he's, he's my mentor but he's also my boss um, and I was chatting to Keith the other day and I was moaning about uh, preaching about evangelism and teaching about evangelism and he was moaning uh, about, he wasn't moaning, you know Keith, but he, he made a comment that he would prefer to teach on this because what you've asked him to teach about I think later in the year is admin. <laughs> now I find this really interesting because I said to Keith, I'll, I'll swap you because, because teaching about administration is far easier. Uh, and I'll tell you why, uh, and, and I'm sorry Keith if you're listening to this on the recording, I'm going to ruin it. Um, if, if your gifting isn't, evangel isn't administration, Keith can show you a couple of really interesting things to do to become more effective and you can apply it straight away. Yeah, you can apply it straight away. So an administrator can be like, pow, do this and you'll be more effective. But I think that the problem with teaching and preaching on evangelism is that we already have a sense that we're not good at it and that it doesn't work. We have this guilty feeling that if we try, that it's not linked with our personality type, that if we talk to people, we'll be ridiculed. And so, in a sense, it's a lot easier to be that fishing club because we have a sense, and I have the same sense, so don't worry about it. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hands. But we have a sense that evangelism doesn't work. And so it's a lot harder. And what I said to Keith was, um, it, you know, you speak about administration and people will sit up. I'll speak about evangelism and people will switch off. Um, and, and so we, we have this picture and we've already talked about him. We've got Billy Graham up here. And Billy Graham is the, the embodiment of the word evangel, evangelism, to bring good news. He's the embodiment of it. It's his entire life. But because of this deep sense that, that some of us have that evangelism doesn't really kind of bear fruit in the way that we'd like, we'd prefer to have a bunch of these guys uh, and for us to get on with other things. Um, and so I want to, and please, um, don't think I'm being flippant this morning, I'm really not. But one thing that I felt that God was calling me to say to you today is that we need to be a little bit more this. We need to be a bit more this. Just forget the word evangelism for a second. It switches us off. I think in our modern kind of lexicon, it, it, we've, we've lost it a bit. Think about this, to be a passionate supporter. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the role of the passionate supporter. Now, I'm a passionate supporter uh, of, of certain things. I'm not into sports, though, so this would be better if I was like a, a sports fan, and then I could talk about sports matches and chanting and things like that. I'm a passionate supporter of a fitness community, so that's a bit boring. But 
I am always um, finding myself, uh, if someone says, oh, I've got a bad back, I'm like, Pilates. Uh, or if they're like, oh, I joined the gym, but it's too expensive, I'm like, Team Body Project. Like, you know, these people are excellent, and I just go on and on and on about it. I'm a passionate supporter of a fitness community that's online, and I've never met any of them in person. Yet I'm also a passionate supporter of Jesus, which means I'm a passionate supporter of the church. And there's something in that that is really key. Of course, we need to understand our message. That's the first thing with a passionate supporter. But we're going to get into that, so don't worry. So we're going to be a bit more like this guy. I don't know who this guy is, but I love this picture. <laughs> I love it. For the sake of the recording, it's just a bonkers guy with big um, uh, uh, heart-shaped glasses and paint all over his face um, and wearing a wig. So there you go. Here you go. So, uh, so what is the role of the evangelist? And there's a few things that we're going to touch on this morning in the, in the short time that we've got. Um, uh, and, and we're going to hit, first of all, um, the... Um, the, uh, the role of an evangelist to the church, and then we're going to hear our role as passionate supporters, um, just in case um, we, uh, we kind of, um, uh, uh, we sort of lose the plot. You can remind me because I'm telling you where we're going. Is that all right? So here we go. The role of the evangelist, the passionate supporter, and of course we start, I'm sure you've done this every week, with their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So there's lots that we're not going to be able to cover. Let me just name these things for a second. An effective evangelist uh, is someone that knows what they're saved from, what they're saved for, and what they're saved to become. Okay? That's something we're not going to go massively into because that would take mourning in itself. But that's really important. Another thing we're not going to touch on much is, is that a, a, an effective evangelist is someone who can explain big truth in condensed ways and to pass it on. There is a message there in terms of if you haven't distilled some of the things of Jesus yet, it's still, there's still time. Okay, There's still time. An effective evangelist can distill massive truth and speak it out. Another thing we're not going to be touching on too much, but it's really important. Um, a, a, an effective evangelist is someone that understands that the role of converting people is the job of the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the job of the Holy Spirit. So no matter how good I am, I'm never going to convert anybody. I will be able to communicate, and I may be gifted in doing that, but the role of actually opening people's eyes is the job of the Holy Spirit. And so there's a lot in that as well, about praying for people, about being available for people. Again, we're not going to be going too much into that because I want to get to us and, and, and things that are really important for us. So um, here we go. So. This is where we're actually going to be spending our time. A passionate supporter loves and takes part in the church community. A passionate supporter is able to be good news in the community with people that we love. A passionate supporter, and this is a, a little Billy Graham thing, um, uh, if you've ever heard him talk on, on this, 
Um, a, a, a passionate supporter, an evangelist, is someone who's faithful, available, and teachable. Um, there's a funny little story, and, and actually I didn't realize it was a Billy Graham thing until, uh, until uh, seeing his son speak at his, uh, his funeral. But um, an old mentor of mine said, um, I, and this was like in a pub, so it was weird. He said, um, I'm only gonna mentor you if you're fat. And I was like, Okay, well, I'm 16 stone right now, so that's rude. Um, um, and he was like, if you're F, faithful, you know, A, available, T, teachable. And I was like, wow, you just blow my world apart. Um, and so, um, uh, so anyway, yes, so this is what we're going to be touching on. Uh, people who love uh, and take part in the community uh, are able to be good news and are faithful, available, and teachable. But first things first, here we go. For those... Uh, um, who are particularly gifted as a proselytizing uh, um, uh, evangelist. Um, here's just a few things I want you to consider here. There's a special role for people who are gifted and called to proclaim the good news. Uh, these people, and we've gone over this a little bit, so hopefully it's embedding in your mind, explain the truth in a way that people can understand, are passionate about sharing Jesus they're vulnerable, and so need our love and prayerful support. And they bring new believers into the family. Now, here's a funny thing um, uh, that I was considering after yesterday hearing um, uh, a guy speak at a prayer breakfast that we, that we were running, that we were talking about earlier. Um, and, uh, and he was talking about evangelists as, you know who they are because they're already a pain. Yeah? You know who the effective proselytizing evangelist is because they're bringing people into the church who are messing things up. Um, and so if you know someone who's good at that, that, that the chances are that they're a pain in, in, in the neck. Um, and, um, uh, and, uh, and I'll just like say it like a big amen, brother. All right? Yeah. Okay. So, so the, these people are kind of obvious to us. Now, let's get on to, let's get on to this. This is where I want to spend... Um, some time this morning. Dear children, John 13, I'll only be with you a little longer, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Why do I want to start here first? The role of the passionate supporter, the role of the passionate supporter is to engage and love the community. You'd be like a weird little island in any kind of club or organization or sports team if you just cut yourself off from the people in the community. The thing that shows the worth of the community, the thing that shows the worth of the thing that you're sat in is how much you love and are engaged in it. And the same is true of the church. The same is true of our love for Jesus. That the world will see what it is that we've got by the way that we love one another. And so I, want to, I really want to speak into you this morning uh, some, 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 some words here. If you're uh, if your congregation is not on your lips as you speak to people who aren't here, then you might be doing it wrong. 
And I want you to be encouraged by that. I don't want you to feel like, ugh, no, no, I'm like awful. But, but let me give you a couple of examples. And, I, and I'm not part of your fellowship here, so these may not be the best examples uh, in the world. Uh, there may be people who are, are far better than this. But hear this in the heart that it's meant. Um, Graham and Rosemary Patey. Have you ever met a more faithful couple? When you hear people speak in the community about people who are giving of themselves, do you throw in Graham and Rosemary Patey? You should, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and you should meet Graham and Rosemary Patey. When you see a band play or hear a musician, do you throw Simon Scowcroft in there? Have you ever heard a more talented pianist? And I mean this, like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of you. I mean this. Are the people in this fellowship on your lips? Because your love for one another will prove. Have you ever met a taller, more handsome man than Mark Gibbons? <laughs> do you know, do you know, that guy is only marginally older than me, but he's far more successful. And when we are talking about people that we admire, I want to throw in people that I love who are doing so ace. And people are like, someone said to me the other day, oh, you know, you British people with your sort of self-deprecation. And I'm like, it's not self-deprecating. I want to lift people up around me so that people know the saviour that has redeemed us all. Have you ever met anyone that's mothered so many people than Rosemary Anderson? <laughs> Have you ever? Have you ever? You know, last night when we were watching uh, Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway uh, with the kids, I don't know if you saw it, but I cried. We, we were in like a slightly darkened room, which was great, uh, because I was literally crying my eyes out on one side of the sofa while they were doing Mother's Day things. And if we'd have been sat with friends, I would have been like, you know, I know people. Sorry, I don't know if you, if you didn't see it. Basically, they got this lady who delivered like a trillion babies, and she was in the audience, but everyone sat around her were either mothers or children that she delivered and and so they were like everyone sat around you you were responsible for their child and they all stood up and she starts crying and I'm crying and then they go to the video screen and it's like and all of these children are your children and she's crying and I want to be the kind of person that goes do you know what we've got someone a bit like that in our church you should meet that person their heart for people do you hear what I'm saying here the role of the passionate supporter is to love and take part in the community. And like, we could just keep throwing scriptures at this as well. Philippians 1, Philippians 2, prefer one another in love. If the names of the people in your fellowship here are not on your lips when you are outside, you may be missing something. And if critical words are more common, then you're definitely missing something. If critical words are finding their way out of your mouth. You are definitely missing something. The role of the passionate supporter. Whoa. Okay, number two, to be good news. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had the right, but we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our lives too. A passionate supporter will be good news. Um, do you know, 
this is a difficult one for me because I am a, uh, I'm someone who says that they don't believe in busyness, and so we can talk about that uh, another time. If you, if, you, if, you, if you think of yourself as busy, um, that's something that I'm not, uh, I'm not sort of keen on. Um, but if you are not finding yourself overdone, you, do you understand what I mean by overdone? Uh, like uh, uh, overtired, um, overstretched. If every now and again you are not finding yourself overstretched, if you haven't chosen that, then it might be that you don't know enough non-Christians. Now, this is why this part is difficult for me because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to talk about my example like I'm the example. Um, but they're the examples I've got, so you'll have to forgive me with that. Um, uh, my team and I, when we came back uh, from, uh, from Christmas, um, started to think about how we can increase the amount of time that we spend with individuals. The reason for that is that I had quite a new team come in who needed bedding in, and so the first term in our school's work was based around programs and, 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 and making sure that they know what they're doing and all that sort of thing. And, uh, and I was absolutely determined that when we came back from Christmas, that we would replace some of the administration time, some of the organization time, sweep it out of the way, become more effective in it, and to choose people more. Within a week, we set up four new groups. That's 25 young people who, are, who were not being met with and having the, the gospel presented to them. 25 young people. The only way we could do it was to run three separate groups alongside one group that we already had. These are our stir groups where we, where we unpack the gospel. And it's an absolute pain in the backside. We have to travel to Hailey to do one. We, I have to drive past it in priors out like it's about an hour and a half round trip to get one kid to one of the groups uh, and the other two are in the bridge so that's like super easy but but hear what I'm saying here if you are not finding yourself <laughs> I'll be I'll, I'm messing around here but but just just hear what I'm saying if you're not finding yourself at 11 o'clock at night taking a kid back to a house by a farm past it in priors uh, if you're not responding to someone who's saying, look, you're pretty good with the internet, um, could you help me with my stuff? Uh, if, you're, if you're not finding yourself put out to respond to the needs of people, you may be missing something. The role of a passionate supporter is to be good news, to take it with them, and to take that and share it. What's interesting is, if we look at Acts, we're not going to do this, but if we look at Acts 6 with Stephen um, uh, being sent out to be good news, and then Acts 8 with well, the Philip and the, and, the, um, uh, and the Ethiopian, if we look at these things, we see people who are becoming more effective, but they're not subcontracting their responsibility. Let me put a couple of things in the frame for a second. Again, hear me please, I want to be really clear with you. Okay, um, let me put things like the Bridge North Youth and Schools Project in the frame, alongside the food bank, and CAP, and worship teams, not yours, but just any worship team, or, or anything like that. Any ministry where we, where we become more organized, more professional, we, we, we subcontract some of the things that perhaps we're not so good at or we need people who are excellent at. 
Let's put those in the frame and say, let's never, ever use those as an excuse to stop being good news to the people around us. So the food bank provides food. Don't stop providing food if you're not part of the food bank. The Youth and Schools Project teaches and preaches and, and, and tells, people, tells young people about the gospel. That doesn't mean you stop doing that. Every single one of us, in fact, this is something that I picked up um, uh, really keenly from, you know, young John Stark that works for me. Um, he says all sorts of weird Americanisms that come from the ministry that, that plant him here. Um, a little phrase called life on life. Don't, don't let things be subcontracted out of your domain as a person. Increase your life on life with people. Yeah? This isn't cattle prodding into the kingdom. This is increasing the people that you see in your life that you can be good news to. The role of a passionate supporter is to spread the good news. And sometimes the good news is as simple as providing a meal. But you know, if when you're inhabiting a space with someone, you don't forget point one, which is to love and to talk up and to show the proof of Jesus's love for us by, by talking up your community, by, by being part of it in a way, like wearing the T-shirt, having the cap, that sort of stuff. You know, it's like, oh my word, um, you know, <laughs> they're, they're coming in all guns blazing. Not all guns blazing as in like, I don't see your problems. All guns blazing as, man, this person loves Jesus, loves their community, and wow, that must be something special. The third thing here is being faithful, available, and teachable. And I want to keep my eye on the time here, because I actually want to show you a little clip. Um, I want to show you a little clip that sort of blew my mind a little bit. Uh, and so I just want to like, I just want to uh, spend a little bit less time on this point. We must never forget to practice our faith. Don't worry too much about what's up there. It's, it's what was um, uh, read before um, has made this light to shine. Being faithful, available, and teachable. Do you know, like in my fitness community uh, that I'm that I'm a part of, um, if I uh, if I'm effective in that community, uh, then I'll talk up the community. Yes, I'll bring more business to the community by uh, by advising people that it's for them. But I'll still exercise. I'll still exercise. I'll still you'll still see in me someone who's fit and healthy. So while you're being good news, this is this thing about busyness. I'd love to talk to some of you about busyness. Um, you know, when people see you um, but are like, man, that sounds great, but you're always absolutely hanging. Uh, I don't really want that. You know, you're overdone all the time. You're always tired. You're, you're always, you know, you, you know, you don't seem to have any fun or free time. You're a bit miserable. Um, uh, uh, you know, that's no good. That's no good at all. The role of an evangelist is to be able to continue being an evangelist. The role of a passionate supporter is to make that a lifelong journey. Do you know what that means? It means you pace. You reject busyness. You reject doing things that you're not gifted at sometimes. The role of an evangelist is essential. 
Sometimes they're highly gifted preachers. Sometimes they can proselytize, and it's excellent. Um, and they bring people. They're the, they're the badly behaved ones. Um, uh, but for the rest of us, we've just got to make sure that we love our community. We've just got to make sure that we are constantly good news to people. We've got to make sure that we're always faithful. We're always available. We're always teachable. Now, this little clip is about, it's about three minutes, but, I, but if that's okay, is that, is that okay? It's three minutes. Um, and I just want to give you a little bit of context. The guy speaking is called Penn Gillette, or Penn Gilletto, I can't quite remember. Um, he's a really excellent magician, really excellent magician. You might recognize him on the screen. Now, he's also a renowned atheist. And he posted this on his social media a couple of years ago. And I just love what was going on on the other end of this story. And he's recounting what happened to him. You listen to this, and then maybe I'll come back, but maybe I'll just hand back to John. You listen to this. Talk to you about this. Uh, I can open the show. And at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we, uh, we talk to folks and, you know, sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the, um, what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big guy, probably about my age. Big guy. And um, he had been the... Um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so we had the props from that in his hand because we give those away. He had the you know, the joke book and the and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, that's uh, not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night, and he walked over to me and he said. Um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. I wanted, and he was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament. Little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane, I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive and he looked me right in the eyes. 
And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me and then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. But this guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like to show and so on. And then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave me that book. That's all I wanted to say. Isn't that interesting? Do you see how bothered he was? How much it had shaken him? And what he says in that is fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. One person, one person taking the time. But the, but the difference that it made to him. Now, obviously, in that situation, there was no kind of life-on-life -life opportunity with Penn. He's a famous guy. But the amount that it bothered him that he needed to speak about it, Oh, wonderful, just wonderful. Now, let me just finish by repeating this. The role of uh, bringing people to faith is the Holy Spirit. But my word, how much better would it be if we understood our role as passionate supporters? For those of you who are gifted as proselytizers, like practice and get into that. But don't miss what this is about. Let me just pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, create in me a heart that uh, is desperate for the people around me. Desperate for people to know you. Lord, let that create a response in me that doesn't just, just shout at people blind truth, but 
convicts me about the way that I use my time, convicts me about the way I speak, convicts me about the way I practice. Increase the amount of time that I spend with people that don't know you. Lord, help me to be good news in people's lives. And when they talk about this place, Lord, I pray that the reputation of this church will be a place full of love, of people that speak life. of people that are full, full of your presence, who understand where you're calling them and what you're calling them to do, and who don't shy away from, from being good news, speaking good news. In your precious name, amen.